where is my intro? Here it is. Alrighty. So anything you say after this is on recording. All right. Get <laughs> <laughs> the rest. The earlier part was is edited. Uh, thanks for joining me on my podcast, the John Hammer Show. Today's show is episode number one of theology, culture, and leadership. This show is part of the Sunrise Podcast Network. For information about Sunrise Christian Center and our sponsors, the Send Network and Seattle Bible College, please visit isunrise.org. You could really help me out by spreading the word about this podcast through subscribing, downloading, rating, and commenting on my podcast. Basically, if you interact with my content, it helps more people hear the message. You can also follow me on my social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, my handle is always John and Hammer, just like the brand Arm and Hammer, but with my name, John and Hammer, because I'm both a John and a Hammer. So, so I would really appreciate any interaction. Love to hear your questions or your feedback. So get a hold of me on one of those platforms. Well, today I'm very excited to announce that I've got a dear friend, a fellow pastor and elder of my church, Andre Benjamin, joining me for episode number one of uh, Theology, Culture, and Leadership. And so I brought Andre on because he and I have had a, a, a strong friendship for, I guess, it's over 10 years now. I think it was when my uh, second daughter was born. She's 12 years old. So that's kind of how the marker <laughs> crazy. Uh, that, that I could think of uh, for how, about how long we've known each other. And uh, Andre is a, a pastor at our church at Sunrise Christian Center. He is an elder uh, along with me and he is uh, a writer. He's an, he's an author. He's authored several books. He's a rapper under the name Advocate He's a business consultant and motivator, motivational speaker uh, through his brand CEO of Destiny, his, his platform there. So he's got a lot of ways for you to connect, and I'll make sure that he shares those with you by the end of this so you can uh, check out more of his, his writing and his content. But he's very creative. He helps consult uh, business leaders, church leaders, and we've just uh, enjoyed conversations, I think, uh, early on in our friendship back in the day where you had limited amount of minutes. I remember his wife, Amber, telling me that they had to switch their phone plan <laughs> when we first became friends. <laughs> you remember like T-Mobile did something like the five, the five or something like that. And like, like we need to switch. We need to adjust this plan because you need, we need John to be under the five because our phone calls are going too long. And I know there's going to be some younger people that listen to that. And they're going to be like, what are they even talking about? Like a limit on minutes. Like, yeah, you had to pay for how many minutes you talk. And they're like, we don't even talk. We text. So what's the problem? Right. But we'd have these conversations in fact i was laughing my wife's like how long is your podcast gonna be with andre today and i'm just thinking well our phone calls are at minimum 30 minutes like i don't think it's possible to get off the phone in under 30 they're probably usually like an hour true so true. i'm going i'm guessing it doesn't really matter what i'm planning on it's just we're gonna the problem is something has to come up to interrupt us it's like truth. you know there has to be an emergency or our spouse has to absolutely wave at us or they have like, to hey, snatch us like up dinner's burning if i know <laughs> I, I gotta go i just gotta cut you off i just gotta go so hopefully this wraps up in under three hours um today but uh no i'm really honored to have you on uh the podcast with me today and excited to to uh share about um what we're going to talk about just to share our conversation with the world, let people in yeah, <laughs> on what it's like 
to get on one of these calls. Uh, well, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about your heart and what, what inspires you, what motivates you, and what, what you're doing in, in life? Give us a quick snapshot man, overview of who is on. Man, I'm honored to be here. First off, I'm so proud of you. I mean, John knew me before I, 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 was, I had grayed up, you know, and I try to stay bald. So people don't see the, the glory, you know what I mean? And I remember one time somebody was, uh, you know, praying for me and my wife. We had a, a prayer warriors that would come by and pray at the house. And one of them said this, and this was years ago. They said, and you will, and I just hear in my spirit that you're, it's almost like you're going to be the hoary headed one, the hoary headed one. I said, what the heck is that? I looked it up and it said something about grass at all. <laughs> Oh no! So now every time I see the grays, I said, "Oh no, the whore head." <laughs> so that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it sounded like agony. So I think it's funny because yeah, jo, jo, yeah, um, a little snapshot of myself: we're born and raised. Uh, my wife and I are both born and raised in Seattle, not imports like most. We want we met in the church in a uh, church in Seattle. Um, uh, we went to and served in called New Covenant. It was a uh, blessing for us. Uh, got married. Um, had three children now. We're on our third child. Um, uh, uh, ten, seven, and three. We're on our third child. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, the, ten, seven, and three. You know, it's it's debatable if it's done or it's you know whatever. But we'll, we're it's in God's hands. Yeah, we'll but, see. Okay. But yeah, we're at our third child, and um, we. We really have a heart, I can say personally, my personal angle is I'm obsessed with seeing people just awaken and reawaken to who they are in the Lord, uh, that they would get their identity and that they would get their destiny. Like, man, there's a, there is an expected goal. There's a destination that every single human was intended to head to and to arrive to. So I'm thankful for that. And, uh, that's my heart, and I want to express that through people understanding the highest form of government, the most powerful form, the only perfect government is God's government, and he desires, and not only does he, does he desire, he's bringing his government to come and invade and to take over every area of, of our society. And, and so I just want to encourage people to lean into that. My heart is for the generations and for um, people to recognize that beauty that's found in the beauty of holiness, you know. Yeah, um, that's that's powerful. And uh, I was just thinking, I should say another thing about Andre for all uh, my listeners here uh, is that um, Andre's not very good at small talk. So, because I'm the same this way. So I think that's why we became fast friends. It's like you shake this guy's hand. It's like, Hey, yeah, what's my uh, my name is John. It was oh hi, Andre. Oh, it's nice to meet you. And then Andre's like, so what's your vision? You know, I just remember that, that was like one of the the first key questions. But it is powerful in all in all sincerity as well, um, because that is really is something that comes from the core of your life is that you really do want to see people maximize uh, their destiny and their identity and really walk in that. In in it, and it's it's not fake when you go deep like that. But you, that you're just wired to help people zero in on that. And I love that about you. And I benefited from that, that part of, of your life. So uh, we are obviously, as a culture, uh, in the middle of uh, April uh, 2020 here, we are on lockdown from COVID-19 and the coronavirus. So how are you and your family uh, handling uh, all Man, these we are 
handling like everybody else, drowning more days than swimming. I mean, because <laughs> the integration is real. You want to talk about your, uh, you know, consolidate word. I, I think we're seeing some consolidation. I mean, just of society, but personally on a personal level, it's, it, this has became a big uh, magnifying glass to just, I think, how selfish we are as people. I mean, overall, we have our routines and our ways of doing things, but for instance, we're, we both work our jobs. So, and we have a, 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 a pretty decent sized house. So we're blessed by, by that. But our three-year-old is usually here taken care of by a family member. And then, um, so they're not used to seeing us during the day. And then the two siblings are at school during <laughs> the day. So now it's perplexing for her to see her two siblings here and then we just say oh they can't play with you they're at school and then she's like but no they're not at school they're here <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah that's a funny that's a funny angle does she feel like you guys like interrupted the roost like she's like yes. this is my place from nine to you know you guys are gone at school all day, yes and this is my place. there's spaces <laughs> and things that she was able to do freely that's like now oh mom's having a, mo a meeting in here dad's having a video meeting you know like uh, dad's making phone calls, you know, mom's making, you know, your siblings are doing math, they're doing a test, they're doing an assessment, they're doing a project, or they're on a video call with their classes. So it's, it is a whole new world of navigation. And then um, for, yeah, then, and then, you know, uh, you, then the quality time, it's like, well, we've been together all day. So it's just, it's just different. It's a whole new world. We're all learning, but I'm thankful for the times that we are having of getting schedules down, um, encouraging one another, making space for one another, learning to do these things. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to lean into the importance of family and to really be, um, somebody shared a verse with me earlier today that hit the spot on, but uh, out of Isaiah 26, and was like, go into your houses, close your doors, hide yourself for a while while indignation takes. And I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. You know, this idea of we can hide ourselves in God's presence, you know, in trouble, we can go into the pavilion of safety. And I know there's a lot of people that don't feel like this ain't the Lord telling us to go in the, I, I okay, I get it. Please don't, you know, judge me theologically. Yeah. All, yeah. all I'm saying is that sometimes you've got to comfort your mind with scriptures. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I think that's kind of a funny angle. You could almost create like a you have a cartoonist friend or somebody, which I think you do, but you could have somebody do a cartoon about how this has disrupted the youngest child's life. Cause it's like, everybody's focused on like, Oh, we're stuck inside. We can't go to work. We can't go to school and how hard it is on everybody that can't get out. They're like, what about how hard it is on the people that, that want to be at home, but have all these exactly. in their space, you know? <laughs> so it's like the point of view from yeah, the top, man. you know, they're just not having it. Yeah. I just think, uh, and, and then you and Amber, like, I don't know, like, it's just, uh, and I was talking to some of our other team members at work and it's like, you work from, you work from home before, but when you're both working at home constantly, it's kind of weird. Cause like, you just kind of can interrupt each Absolutely. other's flow kind of like, you know, and so it just puts this pressure on like, uh, like, do I, am I dad right now? Am I yes. husband right now? Am I worker right now? And then like having to jump gears and then like support your spouse and their job and you want them yes. to support your, what you're trying to get done. So, pr so, so all you listeners pray for us. All you listeners pray for us. Yeah. This is real talk. We pray for you. <laughs> throw throw one up us. for us. Cause 
Yes, it's cool too because my wife early on showed me this um, thing that was so powerful. It was a compilation of different things that people, and it was real time comments that people were making about what they were learning about their spouse during the quarantine. And so they were like, they said, I just found out my husband's a one more thing type guy. <laughs> I, you know, I just found out my wife is the one that right when they were about to close out the call, she's like, I have one more question. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> and then somebody was like, put a pin in it. Somebody, I found out my spouse says, put a pin in it. Like they're just finding out all these little things that they never see about them. You know, so it's just it's these interesting dynamics. Right. Yeah. And sometimes Grace like walks by that perplexed look like, who are you talking <laughs> to right now? You know, like, like yes. what is happening? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have like, uh, I know you enjoy music. So do you have a um, like a lockdown playlist that's like getting you through this? Do you have a few things that like are the well, you got it's, it depends on which which day. Some days are are some days are Christian <laughs> days, or some days are not Christian days. <laughs> but since I'm on the theological podcast, I guess I'll say <laughs> that's like Kanye. That's like Kanye. Uh, he's like he's like I'm like uh, what is he? yeah like, the Christian scorecard like hey. it's like a Christian scorecard. So some some days are better than others. On on a good day, it's that you know, like I think uh, Maverick City music. I th throw some. Um, uh, I guess uh, uh, Tasha Cobbs had like a, a kind of uh, at home concert that I mm -hmm. saw a part of uh, on Instagram. I didn't get to see yeah. the whole thing. Um, been watching some of these uh, producer battles online, which are phenomenal to see the uh, different styles of music from uh, the you know eighties and nineties and you know, kind of looking at that and saying, this is an mm. interesting idea to take two people who are predominated and wrote a lot of songs for people and produced a lot. And then to see them comment on each other's work and to see what their, how their reactions are, because you know how big those reaction videos are. So I think there's a whole kind of new industry yeah. of content and things being created by seeing these people come together who you haven't seen basically on camera on a, more colleague or friendship level and you know you know battling with each other in a friendly way so it's that's that's it right now i mean uh, a lot of worship and then um some so, so, well no nobody's really put out anything newer as far as some of the rap i liked um a lot of messianic worship a lot mm -hmm. of um my, our since our daughter's in a spanish immersion uh, we put on songs in spanish a lot of times and just let them play um yeah that's that's it keep it moving that's that's great yeah no i like you've been sending me some maverick city music links and then my friend ben is which i'm gonna have him on the podcast i think hopefully yeah, next week um but he's been sending me that stuff too um and we, you were just commenting a little bit i think in a text conversation uh just about how much you're enjoying uh maverick city just bringing different people together that wouldn't usually be like collaborating necessarily or they have their own yes because it usually has to go through right. uh, i and they probably still have to go through their own layers of red tape but it's usually like this stream doesn't mess with that stream everything's kind of neatly condensed that you oh we've heard of each other and we know of each other and we might happen to be at the same conference but it, it looks mm -hmm. at, i don't know they could be all staged but hey maverick shout out to you guys for making it look just authentic it looks like they just yeah all rolled together is just like, oh yeah, we're recording yeah. today. You want to get on? Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I think 
that's how you know right. a lot of creative communities are fostered. You know, all the you, you want to talk about the uh, every every um, every uh, vertical had its different scene where people were you know contemporaries of one another. So I think that's kind of cool, and I think we've always wondered what people's thoughts were on things, and now in an era where you can share and dialogue and have content around that, I think the way that they record is just phenomenal. It just seems raw and it just seems easy. It, you know, it seems like it's a low hanging bar. It seems like they're just yeah. not saying that it's not quality. You get what I'm saying, but it just seems like it's not. Okay, go. How would you interpret the song? Go. It's, it's I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like it. It's like the cross pollination, right? Like the people working together at a different, different flavors, different emphasis, different styles, but then collaborating and, and they're doing it around worship and like kind of like gang vocals with like the whole crew in there just singing their heart out. So it's kind of prophetic and spontaneous kind of mixed in too, which is, I love that kind of stuff because it's really from the heart. It feels like, yeah. Well, what do you, do you have a favorite takeout uh, on lockdown? No, yeah, my number favorite one favorite like, place that I love that I get like fish from is like clothes. Like, dude, I, they 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 oh. took the hit, and I mean, uh, they're they're financially fine, so that's not. I'm not worried about if they're gonna come back, but just the uh, my I, I got so excited because my wife thought she found one of their locations open. It's a nice fish place, local. You know, shout out to the uh, Duke's Chowder House, but my wife was like, no. She, or she was like, I found one. One of the locations is open. So I was on my way out there and it's like, nope, shut down. <laughs> We're all shut down. So that was my spot. But oh, outside fine. of that, no. Yeah. There you go. Right. Well, uh, what about your family? Do you guys have any activities that are like your saving grace, like a favorite like game or like something you're doing? Yeah, like, we, did, we, put, the, we would, put the couches together in the to, living like, room, push them together. So it's just like one big thing and we all hop in and we give the kids popcorn and Ziploc bags and um, so that they each have their own and they're not, you know, because, you know, the fight ensues if it's yeah. in the mall. You took the last of you. Know. So, <laughs> so, That's right. So we try to do. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. We try to do these little hacks where this is your bag. This is your bag. This is your bag. And then we uh, we watch uh -huh. uh, move, do movies yep. that they love, like movies that they all can watch. Uh, and just have a good time and play Connect Four board games. And we bought a ton of board games. About to introduce these guys to, to Monopoly and Scrabble, and you know, take them back uh, to to okay. you know, hungry, hungry hippo nice. back in the day. <laughs> we try to play Amber yeah. gets a kick out of. She gets Classic. tickled by the game Operation. For all those that are listening with Operation, you know, the object of oh. the game is to get, you know get these objects out of the. And so when we tried to introduce that to Zeph when he was small, he was so concerned and he was so literal. He was like, why would, he, why would a man swallow a fork? <laughs> he was You're like, I'm going to need this. Yeah, he, was he would just be so concerned and we'd be laughing. He's like, what's funny? That's not funny. Why would a man swallow a cell phone? Why would so... Yeah. yeah, we're learning, reintroducing same, some new games, learning new ones. They've got someone that seems gross to me called Don't Step On It, where it's like, it seems like a middle school game. 
Oh, they have all these gross games. <laughs> those are all the ones my kids want. Like they get some of them, and then they like bingo because it's it in the it's not a it's a gimmick. It's not a it's not yeah. It's a gimmick. Yeah, it's like how this. It's like to make a quick buck, but there's not going to be like no. oh, it's not going to be Scrabble or yes, it's, that's not timeless. Yeah, we need Absolutely. some quality games, game Yeah, if it's here. I mean, somebody they would clean up right now, well, making good games that get delivered to people's homes right now. It'd be good stuff. Yeah, real talk. So, um, you, uh, you actually wrote a song uh, that's been kind of fun and put out a little challenge with it. Yes, uh, it's called Back on Dorona. So, you know, the Rona is what we've all been Come hit on. with this coronavirus. You know, I don't know people calling it COVID Wuhan. Uh, you know, some people blaming it on individuals. I mean, it, there's a lot going on. I, I but I, in short, I was headed out to yep. the studio to go record. Uh, like I have a pretty reasonable regimen of doing that, and uh, I had some other songs that I was going to record. But while I was going out there, I kid you not, from the time that I woke up all day, this was weeks ago. But right when this was beginning to intensify. It was, I felt every corner I turned, every phone call, every text I was getting was about coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. So I found myself, I found myself getting extremely annoyed. And I said, you know, Lord, I don't want to be frustrated. And so, you know, I've I've made this song called Back on the Runner, which is saying pushing back on the coronavirus. What are the ways we can push back? And I literally came up with the song in the car as I'm driving out to this further destination shout out to tacoma but i'm headed out there and i'm yeah. just like man Do you, is that how you usually get songs is that quick does it usually come to you pretty fast you um, get, like, it can but for this instance i really feel that it was the, the the yeah i mean like my kids would say yes my kids would say that dad makes up songs around the house all the time so we got a whole a whole slew of songs that are pertaining right. to things that just we would know as our family, you know. So they would crack <laughs> up. They're like, he's got a song about washing your hands. That's fine. He's got a song about, you know, the blessing, uh, the number six. He's got a song about, you know, we got a whole ton of them. So he got a song. He has a song for each one of his kids. Each one of them have their own song, you know. So there, there's, there is. Oh, nice. There are these things that that come, but I felt like I, I didn't want to be uh, just cynical and, and sarcastic. So I had to make a way to bring some joy into it and that's what i try to convey through the song was just ways to push back on the coronavirus from um doing some reflection on your own family checking on people that are in your own environment utilizing technology and the leverage Mm -hmm. that technology brings that even though we're scattered we can still check up and draw closer to people check up on our neighbors check up on our family members and those that might be the most vulnerable amongst us who are elderly and then um and, and reach out to them and help them. And then uh, the hygiene part, of course, staying good with the hygiene. So that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I wanted to spark joy. With you. Yeah. Can you give us a few, a few bars? Can you give us a few bars? Just got word. We're confined to the house. Office shut down. Schools just let out. First thing you do, check in on your folks. Wife and kids, cool. Moms and pops, straight. No. Time to freak out. Type psych. I'm ticked off. Social distance. What if I'm my own boss? TP frenzy, cats trying to box, hand sanitizer price looking like a bop. Time to give thanks, 
could have been a goner. Wash your hands, push back on the Rona, back on the Rona, back on the Rona. Time to push, time to push back on the Rona. That's it. Just Come on. There we go. So uh, people Everything. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. And it's, it seems to, to it. be resonating. Okay. People unsolicited started sending me dances that they made up. So <laughs> therefore, we created a contest to say, look, there's yeah. a $100 Visa card if you're listening to this deal at this time. Um, and you, you get this, listen to it and, and go in or in. If you, you can find me on all platforms at pretty much uh, like CEO of Destiny. But if you look for Advocate or CEO of Destiny, you'll find the song. But Back on the Rona is there. It's just back on the road, okay. like back on D-A-R-O-N-A. It sounds like a person. <laughs> There's a person named okay. Dorona, but you get it. Yeah. And it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Spotify, it's on Amazon, Google, Spotify, uh, uh, Apple Music. All the different platforms. Apple, Apple Music, Apple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I know my kids want to know when you're giving out the gift card because they submitted some dances. They're it's... all about their little TikTok dances. I mean... Especially my two my two youngest girls, they're just like every day they want to do TikTok dance, TikTok dance. So they're trying to get me in one, which I'll see. I don't know if I have the skills because I always get ridiculed by my youngest. She's always like, "You can't dance." She's like, "Dad, my, just stop. You know, my kids You're always all me wrong." That I'm old. I was like, "Did you know before your dad was saved, he was going to clubs and dancing?" I know how to do. No, you don't, Dad. Okay, well, <laughs> no, they're like. They want to shut you down. Like Grace, she, that's exactly. another story. She can actually dance. Um, so they like yep. they let her on the dancer. videos, but dad's dad's denied. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Check you guys got to check out that uh, back on Dorona. Go listen, and it's fun. It's fun, and I know you'd posted a few, I think, videos, uh, or I have, maybe I've just seen them from my kids and their friends. They send each other these yes. videos of doing their little dances to it. I know my son got into it with like toilet paper rolls and like he was trying to. Hey, it is. I'm, I'm points, you, know, you know, and, and it's, it's getting feedback. It's being put. I'm going to put them up so everybody can see them and just let see the feedback it gets from people. And we're going to make a decision at the end of the month, I believe. And I'm sending that person a $100 Visa card that okay. gets the vote. So that, that if, give, give people a little, uh, yeah, I would say movie money, but is it Netflix money now or what, what is it now? Maybe video game money for kids. Kids are probably want video games, you know, who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And I think this something we have to try to intentionally do is try to think of things to, to help us have fun and be joyful and be thankful in the middle of well, this, so I'm glad that you and, you and I wanted people to see. I wanted around. as well for it to create a conversation about more because the second verse deals with the the t getting off of getting disconnected from the internet while you're at home and you have to be overconnected because of mm. people's jobs that that have the type of jobs that shifted to them using online. Well, then a lot of people might just boost up all their you know um, recreational usage of the internet. But what about a time to just get off of it and, you know, be thankful for what's around you. Check out the fresh air. You know, they say you can go for a walk. Go for a walk. Get out. They, I heard a guy, I heard a guy say it on, on um, yeah. uh, a video I was watching last night before bed. And he said, look, he said, I saw a dad outside with his kids playing football in the street. And he said, that may not be, you know, a big deal to you. But he yeah. said, from where I grew up, that's not normal. So. We're all so in pursuit of as parents as trying to give our 
children a certain type of life or our family a certain type of life. And now that things slow down, you know, how do you respond when the world slows down? So this is an opportunity when the world slows down for us to do inventory and really reconnect yeah. with one another, reconnect with our creator, you know, but reconnect with one another definitely. And also repair some things that are broken. It doesn't have to be a forced effort, but I think there's some organic things that can come out that can make us stronger learning new skills. People who say, Oh, I always wanted to write that new novel. Well, here's the time. I, oh, I had an idea for a screenplay. Okay, well, write mm -hmm. the screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> You've got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely, it can be a time, of course, there's a lot of absolutely. sad things when people are dying, family members are suffering, um, and you know, we've lost, you know, a lot of people in our nation in the last month. Uh, over 40,000, they say, you know, uh, but it is also a time that is interesting how we can it can cause us to recalibrate and kind of reassess what we're doing and i don't really like when the government's saying your job is essential and non-essential because <laughs> it just feels very shame-based you know a lot of people like even though it seems like oh it's just the Absolutely. government saying their thing i think it does affect people um, but i do think that's for us as individuals or as businesses or as churches or as creatives like for us to look at things and say what is essential that's been in my life and what is non-essential? And maybe I should cut out some of the non-essentials. And like you're saying, time with my family, playing that game, getting off the internet, writing oh, a you, book, you, the playwright, the music, whatever it is. Um, I've found, yeah, it's big. To, it's big. But I, I've been, nice. I, I've been working on a book on thankfulness, <laughs> you know, and the, the power of Thanksgiving and kind of like, yeah, kind of like rediscovering the now, spirit. Now as your kids climb on your back and, power, and say, and, and dad, 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 really when you used fun. to be able yeah. to go and squirrel away that chapter yeah. in, in right. private, now you, go, now you get to practice yeah. the Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, so like every day nice. I'm trying to, like, and I've been pretty good. I haven't done it every day, but pretty much every day on nice. social media, I'm trying to, I post three things I'm thankful for to God, you know, and and sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's just fun, like fun things that I'm thankful for. But like, I just, we got to make yes. war against discouragement and depression and the things that try to crowd in. And like, uh, I think redeeming the time, like Paul said in Ephesians four, like redeeming the time, it was four or five there, uh, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And it's yes. like, God gives us that ability to redeem our time. And that's, I mean, we always think of like you, you got to use time wisely because it runs out and there is a sense where that's true, but then it's also like God's able to redeem time. And so I think it is a good time for us to consider what well, a play, what a play off of what you just said about essential and non-essential. Definitely. I, you know, I, that's so debatable, right? Of course. And I, and, and we guarantee as the smoke clears, there's going to be a lot of litigation right. around those very words. So that's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, and people are going to be like, well, you shut down? Because I heard our, our state, which I love Washington State, I love the Pacific Northwest, but I hear we're the only state that's banned fishing. We're the, like 49 states you can go fishing outside, but for some reason in our beautiful state with tons of rivers, lakes, ocean, like, all of the above. We're not yeah. allowed to fish outside. Like you can walk that, which lake, that, which creates joys must be banned. Yes, it's non-essential, but that's, that's a, that's a caveat in itself, but seriously, uh, the, the idea of essential and non-essential, I think right. that, you know, it's as the scriptures say, and of course it could be way out of context, but I'm just, we're just having a conversation. It's like first this, uh, the natural, then the spiritual, it's like, yeah. okay, the, the, the world is saying what's essential and non-essential. What a time to reflect as you just said, and pause and say, what is essential and non-essential? Also, you better believe people who are paying 
hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, Ivy League education. And, you know, everybody used to kind of turn their nose up when, at their at their friends or family members who had a degree from something like the University of Phoenix. <laughs> and now, and now every, oh, that's an online school. And now everybody's yeah. in online school. And so you better believe people are looking at essential versus non-essential. Right. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm paying an arm and a leg <laughs> and I'm, you know, mortgaging my children and my grandchildren's future so I can go join a couple of social clubs and go to class a couple of times a week or, what are the essential things that I need that are cornerstones in my education that will produce not only just an experience, but a career that's economically viable that I'll go out and contribute to society. You know, uh, I, I, I definitely believe and then parents as well are seeing how their kids would, no matter what type of schooling they did, but in particular, if the schooling was outside of the home, they're seeing how their kids would, what kind of time were they using at, at their, their schooling, you know? Okay, well, this, so what did you do the rest of the day? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we, we, we. <laughs> right. Well, like my, yeah, Grace has done homeschool, you know, for, we've done it in our home. I should say we, but she does the heavy lifting on that. I, I help out a little bit here and there. Uh, but, and she does a great job with homeschool. So for us, it's not really a change you know, we're just on our same program because we've been on this online school that we've been really enjoyed. Uh, but, um, you know, coming out of we, our kids have been in public school and been in different co-ops and now homeschool. And uh, it's sometimes like I've, I've heard that some kids are getting overloaded with schoolwork right now because the teachers are like, no, yep. you need to spend this six or seven hours a day doing school. And my wife and her sister, who has been, who has a degree in education and homeschools and is taught in public schools as well. She's like, people need to understand. It's like, it's like having a homeschool is like having a private tutor. You wouldn't expect a one-on-one tutoring situation to take as long as a full school day. Like even if they were doing all subjects, because you're just, you know, if you have 20 math questions and your kid goes through those questions, like, you know, fairly easily or, you know, at a, at a normal pace, like it's not going to take them an hour to go through 20 math questions usually. Um, but yeah, if you have a classroom full of 25 or 30 kids, uh, it's going to take you an hour to get that done. And so uh, kids can get school done in two or three hours very often. And so some people think learning equates how much time you put in. So if you put in a two or three hour day, you're learning less than if you had a six hour day. And that's not necessarily true. Um, but yet the paradigm, you know, so the people are having a hard time adjusting to that new paradigm. And so it does, it causes us to kind of reassess like, Hey, maybe our paradigms aren't all accurate. Maybe it's not yes. about time per day. Right. Maybe it, there's, and maybe there's other ways to learn. Uh, and there's ways to fill that other time with create other creative things that like motivate and inspire kids. So it's basically like, you know, we, you know, there sometimes it can be an overcompensation because there's a responsibility that people have to school children. But if there's an unhealthy, like now everybody's at home and I'm under the microscope and I'm hearing these words about essential and non-essential. So now uh-huh. I've got to put 20 hours worth of content in one day. <laughs> I'm right. I'm, I'm hyper. And, and the parents are like, there is no way that you're doing this much work during the day. <laughs> right, right. This doesn't even make sense. I'm, I'm another video, another project, another. No way. This is this is some, you know, this is something is is they're trying to get their flow and get their feel, but at the same time, it can go into this overcompensating to I must justify the need for my service. 
here. Yeah, right. And there was like this, uh, it gives us that, it gives parents, I mean, that's one of the positives I think, right, is it gives parents a really a view into like how their teachers really do interact with the kids and how Absolutely. like what's expected of them and what pressure kids might be under and like so it can create empathy or an awareness. And I'm sure that's not just in like, uh, you know, private school at home, that's in pu- public school curriculum. And I think it's kind of interesting too that like, in Washington state, a lot of Christians, well, and I even saw people, a lot of people that weren't Christians, they're pretty upset about the sex ed bill that got passed in Washington state and kind of got slammed through, even though there was a lot of protesting and a lot of people trying to repeal it. Um, and I know there's already like a big, uh, what do you call that? But like a, a big, uh, uh, something they're trying to draft a bill that would stop it, but it basically put it to the vote of the people. So they're collecting signatures, I think right now, but it, this bill was p- sponsored by Planned Parenthood and it, it's, uh, you know, it's just very like encouraging, like a lot of sexual experimentation. And a lot of people think that ideas are introduced too young and too aggressive for kids. And I looked at it and I agree. I, I didn't like it, but it's interesting that like right when this bill gets signed, now school gets shut down. So I think I, I'm kind of wondering, like, are a lot of families just going to be like, hey, maybe we don't we don't like the direction that some of this curriculum in the schools are headed. Like, hey, I just don't need and we made this work. Like, I don't know if I need my kid to go back to school the way they were. Uh or, uh, but it's at least if they, and if they do it, at least let's parents, I think, look more into what's really happening. And sometimes we're just so busy. I don't think a lot of parents are trying to like put their head in the sand, but we get busy. And so we don't always know for sure what kids are learning or what kind of pressures they're under. Absolutely not. And, and this allows people to get a glimpse into so many realms and dimensions. And it's a great reminder to parents that they are the primary educators of their children. Um, because yep. most parents don't know that they believe that we have, at least from what I hear, you know, we've abdicated the responsibility of the formation of our child's, you know, shaping them academically. And no, there are people who have skill sets that might be able to to uh, help them to refine these things and sharpen them. But we are the ones that are supposed to call out that call out who they are, call them out draw out and cultivate yep. that beauty that's within them that educe to to draw forth or to call out you know to cultivate we're the cultivators of our children and the children belong to the lord they're actually the heritage of the lord not the state they're not they are on um the under the parents care and jurisdiction in a family and not just even um you know add your particular special interest group no special interest group has a corner or a market on God's children. So, yeah, totally. So when we were dealing with all this COVID-19 lockdown, coronavirus, you know, we're on partial lockdown or quarantine. Um, thankfully we can go to the grocery stores and we can get out and walk outside and go to, you know, grocery um, store is like a pretty, treat. Now you got spouses yeah, it is. taking, taking yeah. turns. Who gets to go today? <laughs> Who gets to Right. Yeah. And our kids are a little older, so that's like our date. Like, we're going to go on a date. You know, we're going to the store. You know, we went and we, what did we do? We got something like the other, oh, our dryer broke. And so, like, I got this appliance repair repair place, like, nearby. And, like, so I, like, we take the dryer, like, in. And, like, that's our little date. Like, that was so fun, you know. Uh, Get the dryer fixed. Um, But uh, I think one of the pressures that we're all under, too, and, like, you and I, you know, we're, we're leaders in the church world um, and you've had leadership influence in other areas too. So like not to criticize government, but uh, at the same time, like th- this is 
because they're under a lot of pressure right now and nobody has like a playbook for like, what's the best thing to do that they could just read every day. Um, they're making it as they go. And like, I think we said earlier, hindsight, people are, there's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be people like no matter which way they go, there's going to be some negative consequences on whatever, whatever side they err on. Right. There's going to be the, the upside and the downside. Ideas decision. have consequences. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> there we go. I like that one. So true. Um, but, uh, government, like a lot of people are talking about government overreach, um, right now. What do you think the role of, you know, we, we think theologically, we think as leaders, um, this big cultural issues in front of us right now, what do you think the government's role is supposed to be and how would you kind of assess where it's at right now? To facilitate the safety of its citizens, but not in an imposing way. So in other words, the operation of society is to maintain law and order and then to allow for justice to prevail. You know, justice, one of the Hebrew ways of, of viewing justice is corporate righteousness, you know. Uh-huh. So this standard of people doing right by one another, that 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 we don't have government interfering with you launching your business unless your business is what? Dehumanizing others, cr- committing crime, mm-hmm. destroying life. <laughs> Those type yeah. of things are... Those type of things are a horrible uh, food chase pl- choice, by the way. I was eating peanut butter, but, that's, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy cats and do peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your for being so candid. <laughs> but basically, basically, yes, that they're that they allow society to operate through law and order. So I think. Because you're listening throughout the globe, so you got people listening. Well, in America, we started with, hey, this is pop on our radar. We noticed this. As a result of what we're seeing and the spreading of this, let's slow the spread. And this is, these yeah. are our recommendations. <laughs> so, okay. People were like, you know what? I don't understand all these recommendations. I may not agree with them. But there was a pretty much a general consensus that's for the safety of everyone. People were like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. For how long? Okay, this many days, let's do it. And so people jumped on board. Now, where things started getting muddy is when people started to try to do certain things that they would normally do. And all of a sudden, they had government officials and law enforcement agencies telling them, no, you can't do that. You're, as a matter of fact, you're going to get cited for that. You're going to go to jail. It's like, wait a minute. This was a recommendation. When did a recommendation become an edict? <laughs> you know? So yeah. this yeah. whole muddy, because you're going to see so many cases get thrown out of people who got some sort of infraction or some sort of penalty. You can't, you won't be able to take these things to trial. And I don't, I'm not trying to say this to invoke some sort of resistance of people. I'm just saying, this is just common knowledge in a society that's based on law. If you're in another place, that's in, if you live in a nation where it's a dictatorship, that's a whole different story. But in, 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 in the nation that we are currently um, in America, that it's that's the challenge that people are faced with is that they didn't have a general idea or pro- I mean, I, di- I didn't have a problem or a resistance to recommendations. But now that there's not in yeah. some states, some states are better than others. This is a, gen- a, a good lesson for us in civics as well. Nationally, some nations are some states are better than others in regards to clarity as to how they want to maneuver and how do things will, whereas other states may be in the dark. And it doesn't seem like there's really a motivation to get a tangible plan. 
that when you hear people start to, you know, get those pits in their stomach and right, rightfully so, they start to get red flags when they hear people um, normalizing this as being the new normal and saying that, oh, what's going on now? The world is going to be a place where this, this and this is going to happen. And now people are, yeah. are pro prognosticators and doomsday naysayers to you just returning to, you know, living life and, and, and being a contributing member of society. Right. Well, um, I was making a, I was trying to make like a little lighthearted joke. Cause I've been, I've been heavy hearted for like, for people that are sick and, and that have their families, members that have lost loved ones. I've been heavy hearted for the economy and for business owners and uh, just for people that are living in fear and isolation right now, you know, and just trying to pray and bring them before the Lord. But then I'm also trying to stay thankful every day and keep it lighthearted, you know? So I was, um, uh, I shared the other day, like one thing on a lighter note uh, on social media, then somebody's like, uh, who has like her husband has a meme collection. She's like, this is like a meme. And I was like, man, I got to, I should make this, this be my first meme Absolutely. that I've created. But I was just like, uh, you know, one thing that COVID-19 has shown us about our family members is who is most likely to number one, be a spy for a communist government. Uh, number two, who would be most likely to join a militia. Number three, who would most likely start a conspiracy blog. Number four, who would be, who's going to quit their career to become a public health official, you know? So, um, <laughs> So, uh, and then actually that gal, she actually had shared this little, this little graph and it was like three circles and they all overlapped in the middle, you know, it was kind of like, almost like a Trinity drawing, like three and one. And, and in the middle it said me, and it shows these three overlaps. Like the first circle is like, I'm seriously concerned about COVID-19 and the health risks. Number two, I'm, I'm afraid and for the devastation of our economy. And number three, like, uh, I'm genuinely concerned about government overreaching and using this to uh, get too much control. Ooh. And, and it was like, then then a little statement was, believe it or not, you can actually be all three of these at the same Absolutely. time. Because a lot of people are like, you know, I'm really concerned about the economy and business owners. And they're like, you want to make people, you're going to make people die. You just want everybody to go back to work. You don't value. Yeah. Like, like some, what some, what people personally choose to do, can't, they can't impose yeah. that on you. That's their choice. You know, you right. can't make your, when, when people say, it's like when somebody tells you that, and they say this phrase, they say, you can't legislate morality in my life, but yet consistently people are legislating morality into my life. <laughs> you know, I yep. just, I just, yeah. that's, that's the challenge we have is that the, 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 those things are not mutually exclusive. Like you said, you could have all those dimensions in one person. Like I have that concern. I have this concern as well. I have that concern. Yeah. You you know you're you're not gutted of your empathy, your human empathy, because you care about all those. Yeah, right. And so, uh, you know, I uh, I read a while back. Um, I was listening to some Jordan Peterson talks at one season of my life. I was trying to figure this guy out a lot, and I found out a lot of things I enjoyed about what he shared, and then I found out more things I didn't agree with too. Of As course, just like everybody. a lot of people I listen yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, one of the things that I think he is really keened in on is the on the overreach of governments to create, um, you know, to create uh, shame in a society mm. and then to use shame to manipulate people. And like, I didn't understand that at first, but the more I read, like he recommended people read the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was a prisoner in um, communist Russia and who received political asylum in the U.S., and he won a Nobel Peace Prize and all that. Well, I read part of his book. I should try to finish it someday. Um, but it's so crazy how, even though it was a lot more intense, uh, 
in Russia at that time for him than it is here in the U.S. now. Like, it gave me a good idea of what identity politics was. But it was basically like anything the uh, you know, like in a, under a communist government, anybody that like went to a Christian church or went to a university that in, had like economic policies of like capitalism or anything that was anti-communism, like it was all guilt by association. So it was that identity like, oh, you went to that church or you went to that university or you read that author or you're friends with those people, then like you're anti-communist and we're going to throw you in the gulag. And we're going to either put you in, you know, years and years of prison and hard labor or we're going to kill you. Uh, And it was like, you know, there was no ability to kind of look beyond. And so I'm I'm saying all this to say I want to ask you a question out of this. But I've seen this rear its head a lot with Christians is that like they play identity politics. And if they're already anti-Trump, then they um, this is an opportunity to show what a buffoon Trump is. And if they're pro-Trump then, you know, this is an opportunity for them to say, um, look how anti-government Trump is and everything Trump is doing is right. And and I don't know, I just feel like maybe as Christ followers, sometimes we put, um, well, let me put, I want to ask you like a question, uh, but what do you, how do we navigate as a Christ follower when issues of this come up and they're complex without getting into like that, you know, blame it. I feel like sometimes we do ourselves and even our witness a disservice to the world around us or the influence we could have. So how do we navigate? What, what is God called us to do? If we try to think biblically about it as a, as a Jesus follower, as a leader um, in the church, uh, what, yeah, what's the right perspective on how to navigate complex issues, I guess. I think um, I, that aren't just one. I think we can, we can convey understanding. Number one, I think when, when we're mm-hmm. to, to develop a really strong empathetic listening ear so we we can listen to people and we can we can convey understanding of their concerns that we understand what they're Mm -hmm. bringing to the forefront this is if if we're going to be a light and a witness and a testimony i'm just going to tell you what i'm learning about that's it i'm learning this for my marriage and i know that this can apply to other places is i need to convey understanding when i'm listening to someone trying to express their heart i can't just sit there and no you're just I can't simplify. I can't get into yeah. a dichotomy. Yeah, that's the identity Bingo. politic blame, right? You like, label. oh, you're just a, oh, you're just a, like you just love everything the government does, and you hate the economy, or or vice versa. You hate you love money so much that you want everybody yeah, just you, to work. Yeah, you label them sick people. When, when you, know, you label yeah, them, you, you label them and you write you them mis- off. Quick. You mis and you and we can mislabel and then we can mischaracterize. So clear, convey understanding, then clarify intentions clarify the intention that they have who's expressing this yeah and then after that don't be a person who just disputes on the front end don't be quick to get into an argument like every you don't have to accept every invitation to battle somebody can come at you with a loaded question i i recently had uh signed up for a social media a, a social media platform and immediately my inbox got somebody that was cussing me out and I'm like, what the heck is it? I oh, said, that's nice. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. I said, block them. I said, block them. And I said, I, you know, I told my assistant, block them. I said, I don't have time for this. I read the first line. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. This is not in my world. <laughs> <laughs> Boundaries. That's right. You you choose who comes on. The, absolutely. Your I'm not. I am not. I'm, I don't got brain space and emotional space for this. So, no, control the controllables. So listening to convey yeah. uh, uh, understanding. Um, uh, clarify their intention of okay so what would you intend to happen in our because 
this idea of shutting people down because we put a label on them. I, I had that happen with a family member. We were discussing, we were having a spirited discussion. Um, and, you know, when someone's older than you, they can tend to <laughs> have, as you probably have your own ways, obviously they have their own ways. So they can lean into you and just yep. shut you down because you're the kid. So it's just like, they're, you're, you're still, as an adult, you're still younger. You know, I'm still your uncle. I'm still your aunt. I'm still your cousin who's older than you. You know, they they can lean into you and they can take that from you as a, they could play the elder card. So I had to sit back and realize that yeah. we're not moving anywhere forward by, you know, when the scriptures talk about it, that it's like a dam that's about to burst in Proverbs. And it says, so just drop the matter. <laughs> just, yeah, we, and a lot of times, you know, we need to practice just dropping it, just drop it, just come back in a healthy place where there's not, Oh, and then I wanted to say this. Sorry, that was the other thing I heard bump, bubbling in my heart when you asked this question. Mm. Is all of us have biases? I think there's up to, you know, some psychologists say like 25 cognitive biases. You know, there's recency bias. Oh. There's, um, um, you know, oh my gosh, what is the other one? There's so many others that are on the tip of my tongue. But there are so many different biases that we all operate from. And that hinders us a lot of times from even working through having a very tangible discussion, right? Because we've already, yep. something creates a psychological and an emotional trigger for us. And then that emotion, those, those pictures we get in our head when we've mislabeled them, we get a picture of who they are. We don't really see the right picture. And then now comes the emotion, right? Then comes the action of now I cut you off. I don't really want to hear you. You're just like blah, 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 you know? I know how all you so-and-sos think. Oh, you must watch this news network. Oh, you just sound like a propaganda piece for it. We, we, th these are the guilts, yeah. the guilts that we have and not being able to work together cohesively to talking to people, you know? Yeah, well, uh, obviously being your friend, like even today, I heard your heart. We have these powerful like prayer meetings called Man Prayer on Friday mornings, and now we're doing them on Zoom video, uh, which... Thankfully, we have some technology to leverage and keep it going. Um, but even in your prayer today, like I heard your heart again, just about how like, uh, you know, that we would transcend partisan politics, that we would transcend right and left, elephant, donkey, red, blue, and like that God has a higher view. Um, could you speak to that um, as we navigate these issues of government and how they influence our lives as a Jesus follower? Oh, man. It, it, when I, okay, I, so I grew up in a world where, I saw the I saw these different worlds existing. I saw I, I grew up in public school and and, and public schooling. I, I remember I got into a um, one teacher believed in me and put me kicked me out of his regular class and told me to go into this world called honors. So it was the first time I got this glimpse that there were like five schools in one. I thought I just went to one public school, but there really oh, wow. was like five schools. There's like the, the ELL, you know, or ES, you know, English, English language learner. There's the developmentally disabled, you know, uh, EBD, you know, mm -hmm. there's the regular classes, there's the honors classes and there's the AP classes. So you got these tiers all in one school, wow. but you and you all think you're going to the same destination because you come to the same building, but it's these different worlds navigating. So yeah. in the midst of that, I remember growing up and there was this um, 
you know, Colors came out in the 80s and then Boys in the Hood came out in the 90s. And there were a whole slew of movies that were speaking to Crips and Bloods and kind of glorifying California culture and putting it in front of us. And I remember how, you know, I knew people who had moved up from California and they were really trying to bang hard. And, you know, just like, man, uh, you know, they can't even say words that started with the letter uh, B. They would replace it with a C, which was just brutal to listen to people try to, <laughs> try to yeah. say, try to say word. But, but that's all another story. But to see people, but to see people <laughs> act a certain way because of a color, like they would just flare up. And I said, yeah. wait a minute. Then I looked at the uh, political system when I come of age to vote and things. And I said, wait a minute, Crips and Bloods. Democrats, Republicans, donkeys, and liberals. Yeah. I said, oh, man. I said this oh, is just goodness. scaling up. It's the same thing. They're still set, set tripping. They're gang banging. It's the same thing. They have dehumanized one another. When they talk, they don't see one another as an individual. They see one another as a party and as an ideology, not realizing that oh, the ideology yeah. has. Can, uh, maybe enraptured somebody or somebody could even have something passed down to them. Just like if you were a crip or a blood, it's passed down to you generationally. I had a kid that hated police officers. He had a vehement, we had to like calm this kid down. I'm, I'm running this program where we're building a youth micro society, yeah. teaching them about economics, finance, government, all this, taking this kid on field trips, taking him, connecting him to the, you know, different spheres of society. And this kid had this hatred towards kids, uh, cops. Every time he saw one, he was just, you know, uh, he and he, this kid's trying to gangbang. And so I asked him, I said, what's going on? He was like, well, you know, my dad was acting crazy when I was a kid and they killed my dad. I'm like, oh, okay. And his mom was a gang oh. member too. So he had seen gangbanging since he was a kid. And so I was just like, you know, cops are just regular people too. There's good people and there's bad people. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and deify yeah. every cop and tell right. you, they're all saints. And, you know, we just stand with our police officers. No, they're they're, yeah. they're, but for the grace of God, they need they need deliverance and salvation and all that as well. But there are people that you can meet individually yeah. and judge them on an individual as as the great Dr. King said in that statement that by the content of their character, yeah. right? Not the color of their badge right. or the color of their um, political party. Talk to a person on the merit of ideas. Right. Don't attack the person on a personal level. Right. Unpack why they believe That's what powerful. they believe. Where did you, okay. Oh, this was handed down to, okay. Yeah. So for me, I came from a blue collar family. I've never, I've never registered with the Democrat or the Republican party. I'm not, rev, I'm not registered with either. Yeah. I look and I say, whose values espouse that which I see in the scripture? Who is going to move us forward? Who has a fear of God's word in a tangible way? And I look at their records. Yeah. Come on. And and very often you have to make that choice with where somebody is violating some of Absolutely. some of the character Absolutely. qualifications of Christ or of a, of, a, of a godly leader. And so um, I, I think what you're saying is, man, it's weighty. That's a that's such a powerful insight about the Crips and the Bloods. Sailing up. <laughs> Just the colors, the you know, what, what flags are people carrying in it? Because it's the same spirit, you know, it's the same and it's the same limited viewpoint i think that gets us in a cycle and i think we have to learn to look at things well-rounded and it was painful for me to listen to my the critics of the views yeah. that i held but i felt like i've learned a lot by trying to listen trying to have more understanding and i like even on the COVID thing i see it both ways i mean in the in the sense of i see uh that 
we want to take this seriously and take care of people and value life. I mean, but then I see the critics of that that say, well, a lot of the people that are calling for further controls, they don't value the life of the unborn. And that's a valid, you know, we're very, and we tend to be very selective uh, with which lives we value. And as I think as Jesus followers, from we the, value from the, life from the, from the, yeah, uh, to the womb, womb, right. To tomb. This idea, this, this, idea, um, somebody said it, I, I yeah. think it was um, the, the governor out of Arkansas that ran for president once, Mike Huckabee, I heard him say it, um, in a debate or something he said not only am i pro-life he said i'm whole life and i said wow that's an interesting concept that he said oh I'm, I'm, yeah i like I'm that statement everybody st- every stage of life in his mind he believed had held value mm-hmm. and that society couldn't operate and, without the contribution of every stage of life being valued i said wow that is something to ponder right, right there that is that's powerful and we're to honor I mean, I think the Bible is clear. We're to honor those in authority. We're to pray for them. Um, we're to honor government. They're there for our safety Absolutely. in Romans 13, to bear the sword for protection for, and maybe even for like for punishment for those that are evildoers, the scripture says, um, to keep, you know, everybody else safe. Uh, so I think we honor government. Um, and but at the same time, like the Apostle Paul was like he was honoring towards government, but he used because uh, some people take honor the government, just kind of lay down and let them do whatever. But even in Paul's life. He would when he was getting in prison for good, even for righteous issues, like just preaching Jesus and trying to help people know the love and the truth of God. Right. Uh, planning churches and whatnot. Um, he would use like his Roman citizenship Absolutely. card. He'd be like, actually, according That's... to the law, I'm a Roman citizen. Oh, they, were, be treated they were terrified. Way. So it's yeah, OK for Christians. Yeah. Yeah. It's OK. It's OK for Christians to use our Constitution as a, as a United States in our for those listening in our country or whoever in their country to use their Absolutely. Constitution and the laws to look at those things and make sure they're being followed and to hold, I mean, like, I think we're, we talked about that a lot. Government officials, they don't in our country with their elected officials. Yes. So they actually work for the people. They're public like we're still, we still honor them and submit to their God given authority, they're but they're public rulers. servants. And, but yet, yeah, exactly. And so we, uh, we understand, I think we have to live, I think in that tension of like, let's honor them. And like, let's ask, like, are we being treated at like, to me, it's like if movie theaters were being shut are allowed to stay open and churches are shut down, then I would say that's unequal treatment because those venues feel very Absolutely. similar, you know, like as far as the practical distance and the way you sit in the room together and whatnot. Um, but then at the same time, there's there's been a lot of abuse. Like, I think we got to be we got to learn from history. And there's been a lot of abuses by government over the years. And if a government is ever going to make an overreach, Absolutely. it's going to be when there is a crisis. So like, so my heart goes out to people that are like concerned about that. But then I think some people get like, they get so into that, that like everything that happens is oh, there for a government have, cons- conspiracy, like everything, the, you know, they've been waiting for this day for, they, they told us this was coming <laughs> before there was even a storm cloud up, you know, they, they told us, so they've been prepped yeah. for, and they're salivating with joy. I was like, here comes the flood of text messages that I'm going to get connected me telling me yep. that they knew that this was coming and i tried to warn you and here and i'm not you know shout out to the people that are prepped for uh you know what they believe are things of this nature my question or the challenge that i have personally is that absolutely every person should be prepared i as a man am not going to leave the right. provision or the protection of my family to the government i'm not abdicating that responsibility i'm not going to sit at right. home and say Oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to have food. No, I must learn how to, uh, I, I had to kill my own food. I got to, I got to grow my own food. I got to 
know how to protect my family. Right. I got to, you know, know how to steward the resources we Come have. On. So, so that I, as the yeah. scriptures say, consider the ant that I've been prudent with the things that he's given to us. Uh, you know, I can't forsake any of God's laws that the assignment of the ecclesia doesn't change. So I think what you just said is imperative because yes, people should be, I, I was going to say this earlier was we should every, whatever nation you're listening from, let this be an encouragement to you to understand the value of get a copy of your own constitution in your nation. If you have one, read it, rediscover yeah. what are in the laws and what laws are on the books. <laughs> Because here's something that you, those who are yeah. our brothers and sisters that happen to be under regimes in their nations, and people could argue in their nations, they say you might, they might say the same thing about America. They might just say we have so many um, toys that we've been deceived into thinking we're, we're, we're not being enslaved to a degree. Um, and I know that's controversial to yeah. say it, but, you know, take it as you may. But like the idea, uh -huh. the idea uh -huh. of looking and to say, wait a minute. If, if you were to be a dictator or a ruler, you cannot rule the world without disorganization. The world can only be ruled with right. disorganization. If people are allowed to organize, they can't be ruled over. So just that's something yep. for people to be aware of, of saying, okay, are some trying to keep us from organizing? Just, you know, once the smoke clears and everything's healthy, are some trying to keep the idea in the mind of, well, we'll never go back to, you know, and you need someone to, I, I mean, <laughs> I showed my wife it and anybody listening to it, this is with a caveat, please. As me and Pastor John, John Hammer are talking, this is two friends talking. This is not a go and live your life theologically based yep. upon this. I have a sense of humor and I happen to have read yeah. about one of our, one of our states yeah. where they... <laughs> where they try to get people to snitch on each other for not following the social distancing rules. And our brothers and sisters in New York show their beautiful colors by shutting that down so quickly. They weren't having it. And I don't need to say all the things that they did, but they shut that down very quickly. You got to see why this wasn't going to work. They were like, oh, just sitting in photos telling us if they, uh, no, this is not going to work. So I think that idea of conditioning people, people are, are getting to see when, when it's allowed um, state to state, governor to governor, uh, we all federal states signed on to the, all 50 states signed on to this federal emergency, which grants the, the federal government a tremendous yeah. amount of power, which people should be aware of. Um, and then, but they, they're stepping back and saying, we're allowing you as states to determine what you do. And so, you're getting everyone's getting a glimpse mm -hmm. of how their govern governors and mayors and leaders have always wanted to govern them. <laughs> All this is if it's a magnifying yeah. glass for us right. at home, it's a magnifying glass for them. For some, we're like, oh my gosh, yes, we get to, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, if you meet, right, I won't just shut you down or get you, I'll shut you down permanently. Oh, you will, queen so and so. Oh, you will, king so and so. I didn't, I, I didn't yeah. think this was a monarchy. <laughs> right yeah no it's so true and no i think if i'm just like and listening to what we're you're saying and just thinking about what we've been talking about the last few minutes i think so as a christian as a jesus follower in this culture it's like have empathy by listening and understanding people right like let's love our neighbor by 
let's practice good hygiene and let's honor our government the best we're able to. Well, at the same time, yes. let's look at our laws and our rights as citizens, even as the Apostle Paul sets that example. And I think above everything, no. like let's transcend party politics and let's say, what is this opportunity to be with my family, to pray and ultimately to be a witness to Jesus? Because so many people are like desperate. They're fed up with the policies. They're overwhelmed by the sickness itself and what's happening in the culture. They're overwhelmed by negative oh, yes. news and um and they're fearful and so like people are groping for god so we have a tremendous opportunity to just even share the hope we have in jesus but one of the things i want to like before we wrap up um this is a major theme of your i know your study uh that you've given your life to um in your you know i mean not that you're an old man like you've given your whole back life when you were a young man i remember I, I know for many years yeah back when you were a young man yeah but uh this 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 taps into something in it like i get emotional just thinking about it because it's so profound to me because i think this is where people they don't realize it and maybe we can help give definition to it um but on the right and the left the republican the democrat people that are thinking the government's doing too little or doing too much or, or whatever um what all of us have the same desire for is we have a desire Absolutely. for the kingdom of god and it's like eternity yes. god, the bible says eternity has been placed in our hearts and everybody wants rulers that do things right to benefit everybody. Now, they have, yes. we have way different ways of how we think that should be and how it should get there, depending on our religious beliefs, philosophical beliefs, you know, um, scientific beliefs, maybe all these different worldview things play into it. But everybody wants. So can you just tell me, how do you think this kind of these moments for us? Like, I don't know, I think it's like this deserted wasteland right now, like social media, the news, the reports from the government, the updates from our president or the mayor depending on what side you're on you're like you're either so excited or you're so discouraged by the next one you know but it just it's so but then like to me it's like okay here's the desert wasteland of this whole issue but and then like the kingdom is like an oasis like that's what's like if people could see what the kingdom is and what they're longing for like so how does how is the kingdom the solution in your understanding so of study of the kingdom every of the, the 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 cure to the problem that we face is what was lost by humanity. And what was lost by humanity was domination. It sounds so weird, but you go look at the original reason why God created humans. It says mm -hmm. that, and he said, let Elohim make man in his image and likeness and let them. He didn't say let heaven rule over earth, though we know God is in heaven and we are on earth. He said, let humans practice government let humans practice rulership mm -hmm. let humans have control that the outside environment doesn't control their inward condition but their inward condition of righteousness with the lord is manifested externally into everything that this he placed humans in the garden to cultivate and work it so i think the ability for people to get a hold of what matthew 6 33 means when it means seek first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I think of someone who's one of my heroes. Um, one of my heroes, his name, George Washington Carver. Why was Carver one of my heroes? Because Carver was born as a young boy and is argued that he was castrated as a young boy, born uh, enslaved. And just even that word, you know, sends all kinds of ripples and emotions through me as a grown man. This man right. could have taken that hand that was dealt to him and he could be very bitter. He could have became a person that went out and was like, I'm starting militias and we're about to burn this whole thing down. Instead, he turned inward to God. Right. And when he got a hold of God, 
God unlocked mysteries to him of agriculture. He cultivated the soil that he was that he had in front of him. Every single one of us has soil that we can cultivate. All of us have relationships. We have people. We have our relationship with the Lord. We have our relationship with family. You know, if you want to talk about the book of Acts that, you know, we also could say is the add on to the Great Commission when he says, you'll be my witnesses. That word there is martus, meaning that when you are empowered with my spirit, you'll have the ability to lay your life down for what you believe. You'll be able to die for what you believe, starting first where? In your own personal Jerusalem, which is your family then in Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So now there's this time for us to lean inwards and lean outwards. Now's this time for us to pursue what does righteousness look like? It says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The The people want righteous government. People want schools that their kids can go to where they're actually, their brilliance is unlocked and their kids are citizens that are connected to people and not um, dishonoring. People want hospitals where people are getting mended and getting better. People want uh, food that makes them healthy. People want a banking system in which they're not dishonest scales and they're not using fractional reserve banking and shadiness and manipulation of currencies. And, mm-hmm. you know, this people want life to be reflected. They want media to where it, it's, it's showing the possibility of not just what is, but what ought to be in a beautifying way, not where the family is actually exalted and, you know, fathers and mothers working together to raise their children in a healthy, you know, um, covenant relationship and beauty is exalted. So this idea, this ability to beautify what is right around you immediately, not curse the soil that that you're in. I got, and here's a practical example. Uh, One of my disciples, someone that uh, really grabbed hold of God put on my heart, reached out to them, helped them in the educational sphere. I'm so proud of them. I was doing a um, uh, Zoom call with now a group of their disciples in the Lord. Like, I don't no longer this disciple. Now, this this huh. woman and her husband are making ripples in the whole educational field. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah. this is what I'm talking Come about. On. This is, and I can go example after example of whatever your right. sphere is. We've got a sphere of influence. Your gift will make room for you and take you before kings. You said that. God has said eternity in our hearts, Ecclesiastes 3, and yet we cannot fathom it from the beginning to end. So study God's kingdom. Study God's government. When I looked at, I, I was blown away. I got a revelation earlier this week. Yeah. I was talking to a group of, of uh, young people, and I, I was looking at Moses' life, and I said, oh, my gosh, Moses was called out. And why his name actually means drawn out, right? So he, he's called out, he's drawn out, and mm-hmm. not only yeah. does he draw a people out of a nation, he calls a people out of a nation, but he discipled a nation. I said, Oh my lord, this is powerful. Yeah, that's true. He reintroduced he them back to their God. Yeah. He was like, This is the real God you're supposed to serve. He helped them to re-educate yep. their minds. But he can only, as a yep. deliverer, he can only take them so far. It was only Joshua, whose name is Yeshua, that could take them into freedom. See, yeah. deliverance and freedom is two different things. So yep. right now, we got a bunch of people that need to be delivered. They need yep. to be delivered from fear of um, sudden death. From, yeah. oh, the virus is going to come and get me. It's going to come and invade my house. Well, Psalm 91, I think, didn't have yeah. any caveats in it. It didn't say, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, unless there's yeah. a pandemic, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, unless there's a pandemic. 
No. Yeah. Either God's word is true and every person, every man right. is a lie or not. Yeah. So we turn our eyes to the hills from which our help comes from. Right. There are practical things we could do. I got to talk to one of the top people in the field of this whole viruses and all these things. And they told me, they said, hey, you know, number one, stay praying. Keep praying. Number two, um, get some uh, eat yep. things that are high in antioxidants. Consume antioxidants. Find out where that's at. Uh, number three, um, uh, zinc. Number four, vitamin D. Uh, and number five, they said, if you can, minimize to lay back on the red meat because it, this is respiratory stuff that people are dealing with. Now, people who hear that can eat the meat and spit out the bones because you have mm. the ability to go and do your own due diligence because I'm not a health professional. Right. I'm just encouraging and saying that right. somebody was telling right. me a way to control the controllables. All those things they told me on that list, that was something I could do. Right. I didn't have to say, well, once once they rescind yeah. these orders, of, then I can start to – no, you can do it now. You, 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 you want to make impact? You want right. to see – God's kingdom come and God's will be done in your life. All these people are home at a captive audience. I, I, you asked me what I was doing recreationally before I said, hey, I watched, I watched some of these right. producer beat battles and things. The, the numbers skyrocketed through the roof. A family yeah. member that works in a social media sector told me that they were told all non-essential things are locked down because they never intended for this many people to be using at this time. The platforms weren't used for this many people to go live at the same time everybody's sitting at home so you've got the word of god in your mouth right. if you're a listener and you're a believer you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to the john yep. hammer podcast this is your opportunity don't wait he already commissioned you to go go for it yes. into all the world get your little right. dust your Let's microphone go. off go get something get, hey i gotta uh, let me shoot a video i got this hd camera sitting in my phone and people the disciples would have rolled over in their graves if they could have had worldwide impact while they were still at the house <laughs> That's right. No, it's so true. And I think that's powerful to me, just that we we have a huge opportunity right now to be kingdom people, to be Jesus people, to be, you know, you talked about Moses and Joshua, Yeshua. He's a picture of Jesus for us, entering us into the promised land. And that kingdom, like, no matter what Republicans do, mm -hmm. they won't be able to fully give us king kingdom. Or whatever Democrats do, they'll never fully give us the yes. kingdom. But all of us want a leader that keeps their promises. Like in the middle of this, we want someone Come that has on. a plan, someone that's going to take Come care of the on. poor, someone that's going to take care of the businesses, somebody that's going to make yes. sure people are fed, that's going to make sure people are healthy and healed. And like these are all the promises of the Absolutely. kingdom. And the fullness of that yes. kingdom, of course, is coming when Jesus returns and Come consummates on. the kingdom and sets up a new heavens and a new earth and he Absolutely. reigns on the earth. And all the saints we reign know, with him. We know, like how, this, we know um, how this story ends, but, John. So to me, it's like, yeah. You know Yeah. And then yes. we get we get to participate, though, now in the glimpses and foretaste, like you said, by taking care of the ground that's in front of us, by taking care of our own heart. Yes. By, I mean, you know, allow surrendering our heart to Christ and letting the Holy Spirit like work those kingdom values. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we taste of that kingdom of righteousness um, that we're to seek first every day. Let, we let we me, taste of that now. But I think like let me say, what an amazing me, message we have to preach that just that Jesus is king. And if you enter into his kingdom, like there's a day coming where the, I think it just showed to me, the agitation shows that creation is groaning. It yeah. shows like we were made for good rulership. We were made for order. We were made for peace and health and I abundance was, and for, 
and that's who Jesus is. That's the kind was, of leader that he, he is. Was, so like, let, let him a, into your uh, life. Pod, is what I'm trying to say. I don't even know if you call it a podcast. <laughs> Somebody has uh, Instagram and they reached out to me to go live with them. And my personality, mm-hmm. John knows me. I'm more introvert by nature. Yeah. So that's the last thing I want to do is be on Instagram. Going live in front of people that I don't know. <laughs> and for what? <laughs> So, I know. So, I saw a little clip. So, I was going to send it to your wife today. I probably still will. <laughs> so I was going to be like, what is even happening in this world so, right now? I don't know. I'll understand. tell you this what happened. Like this is some real world. stuff. This isn't it supposed is, to happen. It is conviction of the Holy Spirit to whom much is given, much is required. So when somebody reaches out to you who is not does, does not yielded their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're saying, hey, I was impacted by something you've done, I would love to hear what is important in your world right now. Tell us about you. I said, Lord, my comfort zone is cannot, I cannot go before the Lord. The whole, the impetus for CEO of destiny is Matthew 25, when he says the parable of the talents and he gives the talent, the money to each person. And the one person said who the only person that got rebuked is the one that said, I was afraid I buried it. So I said, Lord, I can't stand before you Uh and present what you gave to me back in the same form in which you gave it to me. I got to be able to say. So is that why you had to come up? Is that why you had had to come come on my podcast? You were convicted. I got to get out there. (laughs) I can't stay quiet. Come on. Now the push is God's like, no, you got something to say. Because look, I shared this. I said this to the the guy on the on the uh, uh, Instagram live yesterday. I said to the host. I said, and he said it too. He said, he's an introvert. I said, I'm an introvert. So I said, at first, we all thought this is our ideal world. But now he was like, yes, this is overkill. This is too much. Because mm-hmm. now the extroverts <laughs> are all grumpy. We want, <laughs> yeah. we don't want the world to be this imbalanced. We don't want it. We don't want our way to be had in the world. So just, this is, this is a great opportunity for yep. people to shut. It says yes. the path of the just man gets brighter and brighter unto the perfect day so it gets darker for people that don't want to yield and to the lord but for us this is our finest moment yes i mean i was just reading um finishing a book on it by john wesley and i want to kind of wrap us up with this thought and let and have you just like share where people can find you but like it just really hits where you're saying like he was convinced that to overcome like the ills of society was to overcome evil with good, according to Romans 12. And uh, so he felt like, how could we transform society? Like basically control the controllables, like you were saying earlier, you know, like what, like come out of your cave. Like what, what can I do? And sometimes we just like, we want to know everything. So we yes. become an expert on all the things we can't control. The only thing we can do is complain. But it's like, no, but what can I do in my family? What can I do in my neighborhood? What can I do in my church? What can I do through my career or my creative gifts? Um, you know, and, and to yes. me it was like Wesley transformed British society. And some people think that that's what stopped actually like a bloody revolution like France had uh, with the class warfare. Yes. Um, because Wesley was like, you know what? I can go after the poor and I can champion them and I can cause them to grow as world changers and preachers and, and the ministry. And he released everybody when they thought there were people that were illiterate and they're uneducatable uh, according to the current, you know, false ideas of education. He's like, he's um, like at that time. But Keep like, uh, it's just powerful <laughs> that we, yeah, r- exactly. We can, we can make it, we can make a difference. We can make a difference now. And 
I think that's what, to me, it's like, let's take the angle that's not just limited to one party or one platform and let's not look at through one monolithic kind of narrative. Um, let's try to say like, what is, what's is the kingdom angle? What's, how do I not, and I've used this phrase a lot lately, nice, not, not that nice. I need to stand up for Jesus, but how do I stand up like Jesus right nice. now? Like literally, like if Jesus was a dad, how would he be a dad in lockdown? If Jesus was a mom, you know, how would he be a mother? Nice. If Jesus was, I mean, obviously, cause all of us are supposed to be Jesus disciples or Jesus apprentices. And so as a creative, what would Jesus do to get the word out as a, as a healthcare worker? How would Jesus be in there as a pastor, as a business owner, as a missionary, as a doctor, as a, you know, a screenwriter or a, and I think that we, we do have a lot of things we can do right now that could really make a difference. And I think uh, if we do that, like you said, this is our finest hour and the church then can be a reflection of the kingdom and be a reflection of our savior, Jesus at our King. And the world could see that God is no that He's real and that and that His kingdom they does don't need and gives them a t- right gives them a taste of that that reign right of God when the church shines their light. Don't speak it, but I'm saying it doesn't yeah. take much faith to tell people the mm-hmm. world's falling apart. We understand, yeah. we get it. Yep, <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 show them a way out. So I guess my prayer is just that. Um, you know, as you've been able to create songs and just give perspective and you're discipling people on Zoom and you're mm-hmm. spending time with your family, that my prayer is that God would just Come keep on. positioning the church to like that every member would become active and that the Lord would grace yes. us to like return to the way of Christ and his apostles, that we'd make disciples, that we'd use our influence, yes. that we wouldn't be sitting on the sideline as observers, yes. but we'd be participators in the king in the kingdom of God. And uh and uh, it is a it is a great hour um, for God's people if we take this moment and we can show love and kindness to people that are hurting and suffering. And then we can also show people yes. uh, an alternative way to live. Give them that alternative yes. narrative from Heaven's what the world narrative. says, what, what, what despair says and give them hope. So, yes. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, uh, I think we went under three hours. We might be like we might have hit an hour and a half. I don't know because uh, I think uh, um, we were. Anyway, I just uh, wanted everybody to know where could they connect with your books? Like, because you've written several books. Yes. Is it Am- Amazon and, and any of your social Absolutely. media handles uh, so or you your music? Find, uh, I just want to make sure people can connect with you for further stuff. At CEOofDestiny.com. Amazon is where uh, the bulk of a book, a lot of books that I've written are there. Uh, one that I would highlight to people during this time would be a couple of, or two that I'd highlight would be uh, uh, Restoring Your Family Altar. Uh, because of this time where people, and of course, that's ones that, that I've seen ordered as a recent from people, because people are trying to figure out what does it mean to have a family altar to re- recover this time. And then the other one I would uh, give yeah. would be, uh, uh, it's your future. If you've got a young person or you yourself are struggling with seeing um, how you've been designed for a hope in the future, it's just 25 rules that I found that that are all scripturally based. I just don't give the addresses because I've used it as a tool to share life with people in businesses and education systems. So just really get a glimpse and understand that God has given you a hope in a future. This is not, he does not want us to have, be paralyzed with fear or too much analysis, paralysis or perfectionation, as I call it, like perfectionism and procrastination. But he wants us to get out and to be ambassadors as, as John so eloquently said it. So yeah, um, amazon.com, just look for Andre J. Benjamin for all books. 
and you could also go through CEO of Destiny, and that's my social handle on all social media. Shalom, shalom. Well, again, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, Andre. It's been a pleasure to have you. And uh, okay, can't right. wait to. Hey, maybe next time because I plan on having right, you on the regular. So we'll we'll, we'll be back at this. Today's show is brought to you by the Send Network. SEND stands for Sunrise Equipping Network and Development. It's the apostolic network of Sunrise Christian Center. Connect with SEND to join a community of like-minded leaders from the church place, the workplace, and other areas of influence. You can find out more about SEND at isunrise.org. Thank you for tuning in today. Please share the message. Please like it, subscribe to it, download it. I appreciate your support.